Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for CEO Exclusive, brought to you by Anona Enterprises. Good morning and welcome to CEO Exclusive, where we get emerging trends from CEOs and their most trusted advisors. I'm your host, Soyini Koch. Listen, would you love to get more information about your customers so that you can more effectively drive revenue? I also think you'd really love to get some information about your customers that you can't get from surveys or traditional market research. What about being able to give data to your employees that will more effectively allow them to do their jobs? Well, if you're interested in any of those subjects, you're going to love our guests today, who are both experts in data analytics. Today, we have Andrew Wells, CEO of Aspirant, and Kathy Chang, who is a VP of Business Insights with Wonderman Data Management. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So start us off by telling us a little bit about the world of, of big data. It's been talked about a lot lately. And I would love to, to know from your perspective, what are some of the trends that are happening in big data and data analytics that you think our CEO listeners would be interested in knowing? A couple of big trends that we're noticing are the ability for companies to really target and better align to what their customers want in terms of services and products. So for example, a car company is using big data and social information to mine text searches in his local area to figure out what the right stocking levels of their car should be for their dealership. So for example, if there are more trucks being searched on, he's going to weigh heavily more towards, I need to up my truck inventory. If, if it's more sedans or more sports cars or a particular type of car, they're going to overstock for those particular items. One, this helps them with stockouts and two, better able to align to what their customers are looking for. Mm. What about you, you, Kathy? Well, adding to that, big data has been certainly bigly hyped in the more recent times, but it's also tends to be thought of as social or not unstructured information. But what gets overlooked is that the there's internal and external data, and certainly what you can get from websites and from Facebook and from Google searches is important to understanding your customer. But there's also the internal source of data in terms of monitoring the transactions and what, how your customers interact with your business through their calls to call center, through their website purchases, through their invoice, through the invoicing. All of these are really rich sources of, of what your customers want from your business and what they value from it. And through collecting and integrating all of that data together, you can really get rich understanding of what that your value proposition is to your customers. So let's tease that out a little bit. I think that's very interesting. Um, for CEOs who are listening to the show. So how do you go about using that kind of information to drive increased revenue? So when you when you start looking at your your invoices and um, I could I could probably just try to give a real life example of one that I think would work for me in my local retailer a shoe store that I like to purchase from. They I will get on emails a 20% discount once every couple of weeks or a month. But it's a very broadly focused, but I go to that shoe company to buy a very particular brand. And when I go, a lot of times that brand isn't there. And so I go with the 20% discount and it's really not worth anything to me. But they have a loyalty card and that's how I get my discount. If they would track that and then 
note, see that for 80% of the time, these particular customers are buying this brand. And when we have more of this brand in stock, that's when we send them the 20%. Then I could go and get what I want and be happy with my purchase. Mm. So this is by looking at my purchase activity, mapping that to what they have in stock and mapping that to what their incoming stock may be, they could really better target and move their inventory faster because that I would go in and buy several several of the type particular type of brand once it's there. But I, it's, for me right now, it's a hit or miss. Sometimes I go, I get my 20% discount, but there's nothing there that I want. But when it is there, I'll buy two or three of them because I don't know when they're going to be there again. Mm-hmm. A lot of the CEOs who are um, on the show and listening to the show are business to business, not necessarily you know retail or consumer facing uh, type organizations. So how would you use it in, in that context or more of a service-oriented company? Great question. Um, one example of how we're helping organizations monetize their data to drive either a better service or better product for B2B would be around asset allocation. So if you're a trucking company or you have heavy assets, how to best optimize those assets. So for example, when should a truck come in for maintenance? Well, if you do it too early, you're spending unneeded cost. If you do it too late, you might have an issue. So to better predict asset utilization is a one big factor that people are using for um, business business service. And there are just channels. So if you sell through a lot of different channels, so let's say you're a CPG company and you're having to sell through a retailer to get to a customer, to best optimize what product allocation an assortment you have inside that retailer. So when the customer does come, you have the most optimal product at the right price for them. That requires a lot of data engineering as well as insights to drive what are the right prices and assortment mix. So you mentioned a a phrase, which I think is also Kathy's website, which is monetizing your data. What are some key ideas or talking points that people who are like, well, that sounds like a good idea. And I know that I have data available in my firm. How do they start to think about the process of, of using that data powerfully to, to, to monetize? That's a great question. Um, Kathy and I just recently co-authored a book called Monetizing Your Data. And in that, we lay out a very prescriptive process that companies, whether you're 5 million or you're 5 billion, can use to take an insight and drive it all the way to an actionable solution that helps you drive revenue or save costs. Mm-hmm. And it, we call the methodology, methodology the uh, decision architecture methodology. And I can go deep into it, but at a high level, it starts off with, well, what are your business objectives, aligning the right data to it. But one of the unique aspects of it is we really focus in on what are the decisions and actions that they want to take versus what questions they want to answer. And that's a fundamental change in how people view analytics to really drive actionability. Hmm. So give us some, just to give us a, an, an example of the difference between the decision versus the question. Sure, great question. So in the old era of analytics, it was very descriptive in nature. Um, you wanted to describe how your business is doing. Tell me about my sales. Tell me about um, who's buying my product. You're asking a lot of what questions of your data. As you go higher up in the analytical maturity curve, and it really starts off at descriptive, then it goes up to diagnostic. Um, The next level is predictive, and then finally prescriptive. 
as you're going up that chain, you are starting to answer or drive to what is the decision that we want to enable and when we get to prescriptive. When you start off at the low end of the value chain, you're really just trying to describe well, what is occurring. So by fundamentally changing the approach in this new era of analytics to be centered on the decision, we're helping people migrate up that value chain. Mm. But just to add a little bit to that, so a lot of times mis monetizing your data can be misconstrued as thinking it's selling your data. And certainly that is one opportunity that businesses do can have from selling, from marketing information and um, perhaps through places like Google or Facebook again. But it's also about how to run your business more effectively and efficiently. So it can be about reducing costs or increasing productivity. And in, so in a local company or a big local company, UPS, for example, monetizes their data in, through proprietary analytics that they use to do their logistics and map out their truck routes. So to the point that companies, their trucks only take, make right turns. They map all of their, uh, their, their goal is to get all of their routes optimized so that most of the time they're making right turns. So they're not crossing traffic. Less, they're having less stalls at traffic, less uh, opportunities for accidents. So that's an example of a big company that's making great use of it to improve their cost efficiency and then driving more to the bottom line. But even now, especially with cloud-based analytics, small to medium-sized companies are now able to start taking advantage of those types of technologies, which would have been cost prohibitive, but are now being um, commercialized and made available through on and online processes so that they can do the same thing and map truck route, map their own delivery routes to be more efficient. So being able to understand your customers, where they are, knowing their locations in this particular example, and then taking advantage of GPS technology, they could actually improve their efficiencies of a lot of their local operations. So I'm I'm really interested in this data analytics uh, maturity curve because I I suspect that um, most of the CEOs listening don't really know what this is, mm -hmm. um, and it would be helpful to know what this is and even maybe able to map themselves um, onto this because understanding how to use the data is just imp as important as knowing how to get it. So. Most of the time, do people actually have to start at one end of the spectrum and, and move up? Or is it possible to start with the, the higher value added uses of the data? Great question. Uh, you know, I think there are pockets in organizations where they're definitely using the higher end. You know, they've, they're already starting to deploy AI and learning machines to take advantage of their data to drive insights into actions. For example, if you go on a website and they're, they have an offer recommendation engine, yeah. that is AI. But their HR department may still be using spreadsheets to calculate what the right offer is for the next person they hire. So you, the level of analytics that you find in an organization can really vary. What, what we propose is really raising the watermark across the board by changing how you view analytics. Um, and that's why we focus on the decision in our, uh, in our methods. Mm. And where along the curve do people need to be in order to be able to use their data in that way? They can be anywhere in the curve. Um, typically, people start off at the descriptive, you know, just from a maturization process. Mm -hmm. And descriptive or diagnostic is the next phase in this. And this is where you're helping to not only understand what is occurring, but what are 
what's the root cause of the issue? And from there, what are some possible alternatives, things that you can take action on? And I think the, the move towards actionable analytics is a big part of this exercise. Let's stop describing our business and start helping people that are within the business, the managers and executive, understand what options they have to move the needle on a particular opportunity or problem. And sometimes I find it helpful to think of those different layers in terms of the particular focus of the question of the decision that you're trying to make. So descriptive is what happened or what is happening. Um, Diagnostic is why is it happening. uh, Predictive is when will it happen again or whether a good or uh, negative occurrence. And then prescriptive is how do I change it? How do I change my future? So if you start thinking about that's a natural, logical thought process for most people, and you start mapping your data to those thought to that thought process, it can actually help you be more focused and targeted in your actions. So one very practical question that's coming to mind is for a small and medium-sized business who Mm -hmm. are typically the listeners of this show, Mm -hmm. this feels a little bit too academic, too theoretical too big, too much, you know, can I really do all these really sophisticated things? Do I need to do all these really sophisticated things to grow, to meet, to meet my particular financial targets? You know, I just need to go out and get a few more customers to make my, my numbers this, uh, this year. Is it really important for me to, to consider all these sophisticated data analytics? So I would love for both of you to speak to that. Sure. I, I can start. What we found, and there's a lot of research to back this up, is that companies that are using analytics as a competitive advantage are winning at a higher rate in the marketplace. So I, I actually would say it's vital for um, organizations to start to monetize their data and drive insights into actions from it. If you know the listeners go back to where we were in the mid to late 90s, a lot of people didn't feel they needed a web storefront. It was just, you know, that's new technology. I don't really need that. Now you can't survive without it. Well, that's where we're getting with analytics too. If you're not leveraging the data inside your organization, as well as some information that might be outside from social to really understand your customers and drive a better service or product to them, your competition is doing it. Mm. And along that front, for small, a lot of small to medium enterprises have thrived in the local market by being closer to the customer and knowing their customers better than their bigger and larger um, competitors. However, as larger as data is becoming more accessible to in these decision processes, bigger companies are learning how to target more, mi- do more micro-targeting and more, more local-based targeting more effectively and are actually becoming true competitors to where it's in local marches and niches, markets and niches, which would not have been not would have escaped their notice before. So it's almost a, it has a defensive component to it as well as an offensive one because the bigger, bigger players are able now to play more in the market in more niche oriented markets, which they might not have really even seen before. And now they have visibility to them. And there are plenty of tools out there for the small business owner to leverage. Well, we love tools. What are some of those? (laughs) We love tools. Um, Well, you know, there's tools that make it very easy to um, understand your data, like a Tableau or ClickView or Microsoft BI that are inexpensive, they help you get to the data easily, and then help you visualize it to understand what actions you can take. The interesting thing that's going on in this industry is a lot of it's getting commoditized, especially around the hardware component of it. So where most organizations, Fortune 500 companies, have large teams of data scientists, and they spend millions and millions and millions to 
help drive analytics and insights throughout their organization, that barrier, that cost barrier has come way down to where small and medium-sized businesses now have that capability at a fraction of the cost and can compete with the large organizations. Hmm. I think this is a really interesting concept. We talked about this some last week on, on last week's show about marketing automation as well. So I traditionally, when I think of data analytics, especially for the small and medium-sized businesses, I'm typically thinking marketing and sales. That's where it's going to mm-hmm. have the um, best bang for your buck, mm-hmm. um, you know, in terms of being able to use it to drive drive results. Are there other places where you think these CEOs should be using their data to, to either cut costs or, or drive revenue? I would love to hear about those as well. Some examples would be just better scheduling. So understanding and looking at their different delivery schedules, as I pointed out earlier, or if, if they're delivering their products, they can be using it, looking at where their customers are, anticipating where their orders, looking at their order patterns and mapping their uh, processes more closely to it. Product uh, Working on their product complexity is another area where to typically now a lot of products are very configurable. And by looking at what people are ordering, and then trying to nudge people towards ordering the ones that are you, that you are more efficient for you to produce through how you place them on your website, how you place the information, how you make present the information to your customers can go a long way to helping to maintain or create co- uh, economies of scale in your manufacturing or your production processes. So there's so there's definitely the cost side of it, I think is and the productivity and efficiency side of of data in the business is very overlooked. A lot of companies will think, hey, if I just sell more, I'll make more. But sometimes selling more, the next incremental one you're selling may trigger a whole new chain of costs that you then have to, that will, will drag down your overall profitability. So knowing what it is I want to sell more of and who wants to buy it and being able to be more focused on that is really a, a great equation for driving your value in your business. And so we've been talking a lot about the, the high level the management mm-hmm. um, management data. What about the, the people that are more kind of further down inside the organization? How are they using um, these analytics and how can they and how can CEOs make sure that the, the insights and the value of the data analytics isn't just up at the, the, the executive level? That's a great question. Um, one easy putt for managers or um, people that are more in operational roles to use analytics is instead of providing them reams of data to help understand maybe stocking levels or how they're doing on an AR or AP, you do more exception-based analytics. What does that mean? So that means we're teasing out what issues they should be looking at versus them having to go hunt for the information. And it's, it's again, it's a fundamental change in how people view analytics. It's creating it more actionable. But instead of you seeing a report that shows you a thousand different um, products on it with all their different stocking levels, you see a report that just has 10 on them. And those 10 are the focus areas. And that's what you need to do that day is make sure you restock these 10, you understand the levels that you're at and you buy. So it, it helps managers save a lot of time and understanding where they need to focus their attention. And, and I think along adding to that, I've ha- I have a lot of experience in the phone company, working the phone business, and we, we have the concept called the last mile, which is the to the copper wire between your that your curb and your home, which is always the sort of the bottleneck or the most difficult or most expensive part of the business. 
And in this, in this new world of information, the equivalent last mile is from the database to the desktop. And getting that information in front of, the, on the screens of the people who are making those decisions every day, who are talking to customers every day, and that's the last mile. And, and if you just throw lots of data at them, they become overwhelmed and cannot do their job because of the data. Everybody <laughs> is dealing with information overwhelm. Right, exactly. Yeah. So learning how to process what's important, how to, as, as Andrew said, um, identifying the exceptions or when the alerts or uh, figuring out when to signal somebody, hey, pay attention to this, mm -hmm. so that they're looking on the 10% and not having to look through the 90% that's important to their business and the decisions they're trying to make right then. That's really what the last, this new frontier is about delivering the analytics to the desktop to that person who doesn't have time to study it and for hours of, of a day and figure out, well, what is this trying to tell me? A lot of that needs to be pre-thought and pre-packaged and delivered directly to them through that, through that last frontier of the, la of the last mile, database to desktop. Great. Well, for those of you listening, we're talking about data analytics today with uh, Andrew Wells, CEO of Aspirant, and Kathy Chang. Uh, VP of Business Indes Insights um, from Wonder Wonderman Data Management. I want to turn the conversation to talk mm -hmm. a little bit about how you are working together to make yourself successful and then also create these wonderful insights for, for your clients. Tell us a little bit about the story of how you came together, how you wrote the book, and how you've been serving, serving clients together. Okay, I'll take that one. Mm -hmm. um, Kathy and I have been working together for about two and a half years now. We started off with a local hospitality company, helping them improve their revenue management capabilities that they have out in the field. So for when they go and consult their hotel franchisees, they go and consult on revenue management best practices. And that's a very daunting subject for anyone. So how to best work with the analytics to do things like make it actionable. Um, we used concepts of decision theory, data science, um, UI, UX, Agile Analytics to drive home. For so those CEOs listening, can you explain what, what all those <laughs> letters are? <laughs> sure. So decision theory, let's start there. That is things like choice architecture. I'll give you a great example. When Google has a cafeteria and they have small plates and big plates and they were helping their employees that, uh, try to go on a wait, that wanted to go on a wait program, make better decisions. So they put up a simple sign that said, small, people that eat small, use the smaller plates save on average 500 calories a meal. And people started choosing the small plates over the large plates, and that helped reduce weight within the organization. So that simple lens they put on that decision. So that means I need to be eating off of a, like a tea saucer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's simple choice architecture helps drive someone to the right decision. So there's a lot of different methods and tools that you can use to help drive someone to the most optimal decision. Confidence factors, how you display the decision, default. So I won't go too deep into that, but that's decision theory. It's fascinating. It, it, it is a very fascinating subject. Read the book, Nudge. It goes deep into that concept and just a, a great read. So data science, obviously, is going through the data and mining it for insights. So once you have the insight, you use decision theory to, dis to best display that insight to make the most optimal choice. Then we use concepts like agile analytics. Agile analytics is uh, instead of gathering a bunch of requirements up front and then going off in a back room to develop a solution, you're developing in a real time 
and iterating through it in very fast cycles. So you end up producing a tighter uh, solution that fits the business's needs and, um, better, as well as uh, going through that process, you can get things out earlier in smaller iterations to see how it does and test it. So using these type of techniques. What's UI and UX? UI and UX. I'm going to let Kathy take that mm -hmm. one. So those are more the presentation uh, aspects of data and analytics as user interface and user experience. Mm -hmm. And those are typically website-oriented concepts, but they play very important in the analytics place too because now we're presenting information more visual, visually. And we all process information visually much better than we do verbally through reading or listening to it. In most cases, when we're looking at complex information, the, pic, uh, the old adage of pictures worth a thousand words has been an, an adage for a long time for a reason because we comprehend so much more efficiently and can take away points better visually than we can actually someone trying to explain them to us. So UI and UX are really becoming how to, how to present the best interface that, that pairs colors and works with design effects and makes a pleasing visual experience to the, and at the same time, a better interactive experience from the analytics, so from the user experience side of how they interact with the data and guide them through it in a, so that they can follow the data at their train of thought and not be interrupted with it and create a flow of thought. Those, those are really important to being able, again, to, as we talked earlier, deliver that information to the desktop without actually overwhelming your employees and drowning them in the data. So you were talking about the story mm -hmm. of how you got to mm -hmm. write the book? Mm -hmm. Right. So we... Um we worked on the solution. It was a very big success for our client. And a lot of the methods and techniques and tools that we were leveraging were very novel um, and very bleeding edge. We came up with the idea of writing a book to help other clients and customers wrap their head around, well, how do you create these type of solutions? And then what's What's different in our approach are a couple of fundamental things. One is we focus on the decision, not the question. And that in the new era of analytics is where people need to spend their, their time and attention, making it actionable. And then we bring in a lot of disciplines into our approach that help drive the relevance of the analytics and the actionability of the analytics to um, either generate revenue or save costs for the organization. What are some of those disciplines? On the analytics side, so mm -hmm. again, it would be data visualization. Mm -hmm. It would be data modeling and working at the database level to structure the data in forms that you can then easily use it to support your analytics. It would be different types of advanced data mining techniques and reporting or very traditional fields. I haven't worked with Andrew, so what, when you mentioned how we got together. Uh, most of my career has been on the analytics side of the fence, and I, I've suffered from what I call the Cassandra effect. Because you'll be put in a room and you'll, you'll be given all this data on the business and you'll put it on spreadsheets and analyze it for days and hours and weeks and months. And you'll, you'll realize here's what's going on in this business and here's how, why we're going not necessarily the correct direction or here's right. a better direction we can go in. But because of the amount of time it took to get to that decision and understand it, when you try to tell people they don't believe you or they don't, it's too complicated or it doesn't fit their worldview that they're mm -hmm. looking at the business. So you may know the truth, but no one will listen to you on it. So, right. so um, as we were working on this particular project, Andrew comes from more of a management consulting, more of the, he has a, certainly a lot more grounding in the qualitative aspects. And I brought the quantitative and marrying mm -hmm. those two together, we saw the true power when you can now 
ask the questions and qualitatively capture it at the same time, put the numbers behind it. Now people understand what you're talking about and they believe it as well. Well, that's a, uh, that could be a whole other show, right? <laughs> well, the, how to, how to get people to not to barf on all this, <laughs> this data that's telling them stuff they don't probably in many cases don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have that insight, right? That, that there's the, the hard calculations, mm-hmm. the, the hard part of it. And then there's the, like, how do you visualize it? How do you sell sell the conclusions to the client. Mm-hmm. So um, you came together and, and you've written, written this book. I'm wondering about that process, you know, the actual process of collaborating in this, in this way. Um, how did you bring the ideas together? I think we had a great foundation for having solved this problem to then wrap a, a methodology and an approach around. And both of us, as Kathy was saying, we both have complementary disciplines. So we took each other's disciplines and through really, I think it was just a couple of sessions of us figuring out, well, how would, what would she write about? What would I write about? How would that work? And then it was just very iterative. But I'm also smiling and you can't tell through the radio because there were times where we were a little bit at each other's throat because of our different perspectives. I was going to leave that out. <laughs> well, that's so, the good part, though. Yeah. Come on. But I would say this is not important. That's gobbledygook. And he would say that's just that's too much geek speak. No one's going to pay attention to that. And I think it's through that interaction and through that that t- tug and tussle and tug of war that we were re- really, I think, makes this book something that has a lot of meat and a lot of substance to it, but it's also meaningful to the people that we're targeting as well. Mm-hmm. So is the book out and where can people get it and where can they go to a website and check, find out a little bit more and all that good stuff? Great question. Yes. It, it released this week. Oh, so you can wow. get it on Amazon. How timely. Yes. So it's on amazon.com. It's called monetizing your data. And we also have a companion website that goes along with it called Monetizing Your, your data. data. You got that? And in the next two weeks, we'll be putting up a bunch of tools and templates. But if you wanted a high-level overview of what the book is about... We like tools and templates, don't we? Yeah, yeah. So we'll have all of those that available for people to download at the last week of March. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll find it at monetizingyourdata.com. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much um, for a great show. Listeners, we've been talking to Andrew Wells and Kathy Chang, um, two very talented, very insightful uh, data analytics experts. Um, to find out more about them, you can go to www.ceoexclusiveradio.com. My name is Soyini Koch, and I hope you have a prosperous, productive, and very profitable week. Thanks. This show is brought to you by Anona Enterprises, where strategy is your access to money and performance. Learn more at anonaenterprises.com.